Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Sports fans, good morning and welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. As always, I'm your host, Jim Barron. Today is Saturday, the 2nd of March, as we get ready to talk about the Rays, the Lightning, and yes, more Bucks talk. What's going on with the negotiations with Mayfield and Evans and Winfield, etc. We're going to talk about all that. As always, the number here, 877-448-7901. JimmyBSports.com is the best way to shoot us an email and we'll be right back to kick off the show on power 90.1 in the heart of brandon is your local family-owned fine jewelry store that's macaulay fine jewelry at macaulay fine jewelry we have a group of very talented designers and jewelers on site who would love to help you create a one-of-a-kind piece or choose from a wide array of beautiful fine jewelry Planning an engagement or wedding this spring or summer? Look no further than Macaulay Fine Jewelry. Stop by our new showroom today at 201 South Kings Avenue. Same great staff, same great service. Shop Macaulay Fine Jewelry in the heart of Brandon. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. Hopefully everyone's having a good week. The warm weather came back and spring training is underway. Before we talk about the Rays, I want to get to the Lightning a little bit. Another tough outing for them on Thursday night at home against Buffalo. Uh, we got to overtime, ended up losing 3-2. to two. Rasmus Dolan scored on a power play. And that was with 142 into the overtime off of a assist from Casey Middlestat. So, you know, they were shorthanded. When I say they, I mean the Lightning, another penalty. This time it was Kucherov that uh, left us shorthanded. And unfortunately, it was another disappointing loss. We're not doing what we need to do to win the games. The last couple weeks here, yes, we've won a couple games against Jersey and against um, the Islanders this past weekend. Then we come back and we lose um, to a team like Ottawa, team like Buffalo. We should never be doing that. We lost four in a row at home. And it's, it's disappointing to watch this because, quite honestly, we're not used to not being able to close out these these games. Usually, when we have a two-to-one lead in the third period, or for that matter, any lead in the third period, we're able to go out there and win the game. We're so used to Vasilevsky standing on his head, and it was a no-brainer. But what's going on now is uh, Vasilevsky is not standing on his head right now. He's going through something which not quite sure what it might be. Obviously, not a doctor, so I can only guess like everyone else. But it seems to me as though he's not either seeing the puck, he's getting screened too often by his own team or perhaps the other team, or he's having some repercussions from the back surgery that he's coming off of. And 
no, who knows? Maybe he returned too soon. Knowing him, you know, he wants to play. And, um, you know, maybe he came back too early and we're seeing some of the uh, ill effects of that. You know, Buffalo came in here. They had a 3-2 loss at Florida on Tuesday night. They're still 10 points behind us. So they're a team that we should be able to beat. Right now, Tampa is still obviously in the playoff race. We're the second team right now in the wild card. But... Oh, Chaffee and points scored for us. Vasilevsky made 20 saves. Kucherov had another point to give him 104. Uh, league leading for the season. But the stat that I see is that we're all three and one in the last four home games. Yes, the now the one point that we got on Thursday, every point helps. But you have to remember that we, we played a couple more games than other teams. And with what, 20, 22 games left to play, um, we're going to have to watch at the end of the season what transpires because a couple teams are going to be playing games and we're going to be, you know, watching to see what's going on. Now, saying all that, like I mentioned about Vasilevsky, we're used to seeing him just go out there and be Superman and make all the stops and, uh, you know, all those things. We were winning uh, playoff hockey in the playoffs and winning the cup, he was doing that, and the team got used to it. Now, no, when you don't have McDonough, when you have Sergachev out for the season, it seems as though, coupled with the back injury, coupled with you no know, maybe being screened more times than not, we're not in good positioning. The positioning, the defensive positioning of this team is terrible more times than not, especially over the last several weeks. We're seeing Vassy get beat, you know, high blocker side consistently, one after the other. Now, I'm not sure if that's related to the back injury, like I mentioned, or or not. Either way, this time of the year, you need to be playing about 80%. You need to be winning four games out of five, at least three out of five, to be able to go out there and maintain that lead and maintain that wild card status. So, you know, we gave up three bad penalties in that game on Thursday night, our power play was terrible, if you ask me. And we are in the position right now where we're playing playoff hockey. You have to remember, this is playoff hockey time. Even though the playoffs haven't started, we need to be able to get ready for the playoffs. I will still say that you know, anybody wants to play the Lightning in a seven-game series right now, I think Vasilevsky, give him a little bit more time to get ready, give him some more um, chances out there to maybe recover from any ill effects from the surgery. I do think, though, there is something missing with this team, and I'm not quite sure. I know we have the, the deadline coming up March 8th, the tread deadline. Brisbois, I believe, is going to make some moves. I feel something big is going to happen with this team. Not quite sure what it is. Um, talking about Stamkos, not quite sure what's going on with the captain right now, but uh, something is not right with him. Usually, he's out there getting some uh, shots, especially in the power play. You know, he gets those one-timers and just not, I believe he has four points for the entire month of 
February, which is unbelievable to me. So, um, again, not quite sure what the situation is with that, but uh, we don't need to be losing to teams uh, any teams right now, but especially teams like Ottawa and teams like Buffalo. So um, I know we play today against Montreal. That's not going to be an easy game at all. We need to go out there and, and know, right the ship immediately for 32, 24, and 6. Uh, you know, we're still, like I said, we're still in the playoff picture. It's not all doom and gloom, but I can see the momentum of this team going in a direction that is not favorable. You don't want to be going in the direction where you win two games, lose two games, lose the teams that uh, you're supposed to be beating, especially at home. Momentum's always going one way or the other. And right now, I see it going in a direction where it might be time for a players-only meeting. Again, Cooper makes the right decisions out there. I believe he knows what buttons to push. We have a um, very... Uh, senior driven team these guys have been around for a while he doesn't need to go out there and say much they know what they need to be doing unfortunately there doesn't seem to be a lot of urgency with this team and when you're watching the game like I said before you see the positioning especially of the defense that you know, it just makes you shake your head. You don't know what's going on sometimes, how someone is so out of place. And it comes down to, you know, putting the right people in the game at the right time on the right line so that we don't get those odd man rushes. We don't have the situations that are putting undue pressure on Vasilevsky. Now, getting back to Vasilevsky, like I said, he's been, I, I felt, the best goalie on the planet for you know, a, a while, for several years. Is he there right now? Absolutely not. And can he get it back? Let's all hope that he does, but let's help him out a little bit. Now, let's go out there and make sure that the defense in front of him is doing a good enough job. Um, you know, we, we could we have scored more than three goals on Thursday night? Absolutely. Absolutely, we could have. We were a little bit down. I think that Philly game was a game that um, was terrible, especially in the third period. Uh, from the get-go, that whole game with the lights going out halfway, the scoreboard not working properly, that was just a game that um, had bad things written over it from the beginning. So we go up there. We did take two out of three in that um, mini trip that we had up there. Now we have to get back and, um, you know, playing in front of 19,000 people on Thursday night. The fan support is there and we just need the team to play right now as though we are in the playoffs. Every game is important because like I said, we do have... Um a few more games played than several other teams. So at the end of the season, we're going to be watching uh, some teams that are following, some chasing us or right there with us trying to make the playoffs. And it might not be a good situation for us if we don't extend our lead. So we need to get at least to the at least to, to the first wild card team and then wait. I know that we do have some breaks. I think there's 
five games in 14 days, which will give this team a lot of time to practice, especially if we make some acquisitions, which now what I said before, I do believe that they're going to go out there and make some acquisitions and get some better help in there, especially on the defensive side of things. And it should be interesting. And that may be the spark that we need. Let's hope that it is because, like I said, it's so much fun to watch the Lightning play. I think that they do a great job on the ice and off the ice for the community. So let's hope that they do get some people in place and start playing with a little more urgency starting today against the Canadians. Let's hear what you have to say. JimmyBSports.com. Let me know what you think the Lightning need to do. What changes would you like to see? Is there a specific player you would like to see acquired? Or do you want to just keep what we have right now and start to fine-tune everything? JimmyBSports.com. We'll be right back to keep the show going. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Our pills deliver the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or yellow pills for $120 with free discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-814-5031. 800-814-5031. 800-814-5031. That's 800-814-5031. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, Bucks fans. What's going on with the Bucks this week? Well... If you heard by now, we did release outside linebacker Shaquille Barrett. Um, why did we do that? Well, it freed up $5 million in salary cap relief. Tough call to make. I know general manager Jason Light said that um, it was a, a tough call to make to Shaquille. Um, but you know what? It, it is a business. And at the same time, he wanted to you know, make the move early so that he can get out there in the market and have someone pick him up. So that had a 15 million option bonus that was due next month. Uh, he kind of saw the writing on the wall, acknowledged that it is a business, but you know, the Bucks left the door open for a return for Barrett in the future, and who knows what's going to happen, but um, he will be designated as a post-June 1st cut, meaning that the team can split his $27 million dead cap charges over 24 and 25, 2024, 2025, instead of incurring them all at one time. So he's going to count 9.3 million against the cap in 24 and then 17.4 million in 2025, which helps the Bucks and what they're doing right now. Um, tough to look at with the Bucks because if you see what they're doing, you have players that are unsigned right now. We talked about Mike Evans. We talked about Baker Mayfield, Antoine Winfield Jr. 
So what are we going to do with those players? Levante, David as well. Those four guys. What's going to happen? It looks as though the Bucks are not going to franchise tag any of those guys. Uh, which I guess makes sense. I know a lot of people are talking about, about franchise tagging Evans maybe or um, Mayfield. But if you, if you franchise Mayfield... The uh, franchise tag for that with the quarterback is $38 million right now So uh, for a year. That doesn't make sense as far as Mayfield goes. For a wide receiver, uh, Mike Evans, a, a w, wide receiver one, that's about $28 million, um, which you know is more, I believe, than they want to pay Evans as well. And then, of course, if you go to Antoine Winfield Jr., who you know definitely is the anchor of that defense, we need to have him back on the team don't get me wrong but the franchise tag him now we're talking about 18 million for that position based on the league stats so I understand the decisions to not franchise tag those guys, but they do have to come to terms. I believe you want to do it before the 11th of March, because if you don't do it by that time, then they can go out there and other teams can uh, pursue these players. And trust me, you are going to have teams calling Mike Evans. Uh, you know, whoever you want to talk about, could it be the Texans, which people are saying it's a good possibility. You know, how how about the Jets? How about you have Aaron Rodgers picking up the phone, calling Mike Evans' agent? Hey, Mike, come play with us over here. Have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Uh, same thing with Mayfield. You know, you have a situation where do you think Baker Mayfield earned the right to a long-term contract with the way he played? Some people will say yes. Some people will say no. Either way, you need to have a quarterback because I don't. I can't think of a team that. Um, can go win the Super Bowl without a good quarterback. So, uh, yes, we need to get all those guys signed. Um, your thoughts on what you think might happen? Um, I know there's been a lot of emails this week saying, no matter what, we have to sign Mike Evans to you know make him a buck for life. Now, there's articles that the um, Bucks. Same thing, working towards making um, Mike Evans a buck for life. That was from Todd Light as well, trying to you know ensure that he stays. And I'm sure that they want to keep him. The situation is, is that it's a business. Do you think that Mike Evans at age 30, 31, is going to go out there and warrant a five-year contract at you know 25 26, 27 million a year. Wide receivers diminish in their 30s tremendously. As Mike, and you're paying when you, here's the one thing that, that people sometimes get a little bit confused with and say, under any condition, you have to go out there and sign Mike Evans. Well, when you're signing someone to a contract, you're not signing them for what they already did. All right, you're signing them for what you think they can do in the period that you're signing them for. So if, if Mike is, you know, if he wants $25 million a year for five years, that's allegedly what they're saying, you have to look at that, you know, third, fourth, fifth year. Can Mike still go right now? Yes, I, I believe he can. I, I believe that if you look at his... Um, if you look at his um, work that he's done so far, not only is he a all pro, I believe he has 
uh, Hall of Fame stats so far. Unfortunately, like I mentioned, wide receivers, their bodies, when you start to get around 30, you see a, a decline. And Mike, no, he's had that hamstring issue over the years that is, is nagging and reoccurring. And you'll see what happens uh, during the course of the, the season. Usually it's usually one game that he misses, sometimes a little bit more. Sometimes it hampers him during the course of the season. So to sign any receiver at 30 years old, 31 years old to a five-year contract, I would be hesitant. So can Mike be flexible? Uh, well, if he's going to be, he needs to do that in the next week here because like I mentioned, once you get past the uh, 10th, 11th, 12th of March, all bets are off and teams can come after him. And I believe at that point, if you open it up to other teams in the NFL, it's going to end up costing you more to be able to keep a Mike Evans versus doing it now and maybe in good faith negotiate something, front load the contract, pay him more in the first couple years or make it a signing bonus where he's able to get a bulk of what you want to pay him up front. Because like I said, you don't want to be hampered with the salary cap and paying someone um, a receiver at 35 years old that may not be able to produce the way that you want. So, you know, of course you have that news. You have the combine going on this week. You're talking about the quarterbacks, where they're going to be going. A lot, a lot of people are saying, you know, Mayfield um, may go to Atlanta if they don't pick up Justin Fields. It looks as though the Bears right now are working on um, getting Justin Fields to the Falcons. Falcons want to give a second round and fourth round, I believe. Um, I don't. I think the Bears want two first rounds, which which I don't blame them. But you know, if they don't get Fields, then the Falcons could very well go after Mayfield. And you don't want Mayfield um, going to a team that we're playing twice a year. I'm sure. So uh, you have some quarterbacks in the combine and they're coming up in the draft this year. You talk about Caleb Williams. He's who uh, the the Bears are looking at. Uh, taking, He's a quarterback from USC, obviously. I'm not sold on Williams myself. I think that uh, he has a lot of upside, a lot of potential, but I'm not sure from a, um, a mental standpoint that he's ready to go out there and, and be a star in the NFL. I'm not sure that he has what it takes to do that. I definitely, I prefer someone like a, a Drake May. Now, a big, strong quarterback like that, uh, Jaden Daniels, the speed that he has, that he shows, uh, I think someone like him is um, a, a, a better choice. So, you know, saying all those things, get, getting back to the Bucks and what they need to do, uh, very shortly here, we're going to see some um, good faith negotiating. And I'm sure that that's already been going on. You're not going to have Jason Light on these interviews showing his hand, showing all of his cars of what they're talking about. You know, Mike Evans loves the Tampa area. Um, he's got his foundation down here. He's very well respected um, both on and off the field when he's playing for the Bucks and in the community. So he wants to stay. And I think when you have a situation where the player wants to stay and the fans want the player to stay, whatever the team can do, if the Glaciers think that they can work something out with him, I think it's in everyone's best interest 
to go ahead and do so. So it should be interesting. Like I said, Shaquille Barrett gone does open up some cap space. I think that the um, necessity right now is to sign Evans, but you have to sign Mayfield. I wouldn't be surprised to see a Baker Mayfield and a Mike Evans deal get done simultaneously or a day apart. I think Evans is waiting to see what's going to happen with Mayfield. He wants him here. No, they've had um, good success this past year, and I think both those guys want to stay. Would love to hear your thoughts. JimmyBSports.com. If you want to um, shoot me an email, let me know what you think, and we'll be right back to keep the show going. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Have you ever met a single person in your life that enjoys paying taxes? No, no one does. If you can't sleep at night because you have a huge problem with the IRS, I've got some free advice for you. This service is strictly limited to individuals that owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes. And if you qualify, we can guarantee that you won't be writing a big fat check to the IRS or our services cost you nothing. The first 100 people that call today will get a free tax consultation worth $500. Stop worrying about your IRS problem. We can help you. We promise. Call the tax doctor right now. I mean right now to learn more. 800-579-9609 800-579-9609 That's 800-579-9609 Now Back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, sports fans. I put the question out last week about storming the court. Um, if you remember, you now Filipowski from Duke was bumped by Wake Forest fans who spilled onto the floor following the, um, the Demon Deacons win over uh, Duke last week. So uh, I put the question out there. What's your take on fans storming the floor after the game? And should it be allowed? And, you know, if you remember, same thing happened to Caitlin Clark after I was upset, lost at uh, Ohio State. So uh, people did he get hurt? Uh, I guess he sprained an ankle or something. He was fine. He was able to play this week and, and played well. So my point is, is that with the storming of the court, is that something that should be banned? Is it something that should be allowed? And when I put that out there, surprisingly, it was it was split about 50-50, which I thought there'd be more people saying it should be banned. But apparently... A lot of you don't think that it's an issue. Um, not quite sure why you would think that because somebody is going to get hurt if they continue to allow that. And when that happens, there's going to be a lawsuit against the home school, I believe, or someone, security or, or whatever it might be, for allowing that. So I think that the sooner, I mean, that, that you don't, I get the celebration part, but, you know, wait until the other team gets off the court or or the field in football, whatever it might be, because if not, then someone's going to actually end up you know, getting hurt to some degree and it, it, it could be one of your own players. You just don't know. And what is the purpose of storming the court? You're going to celebrate with who? 
you celebrate with the players? Uh, okay, you want to do that? That's fine. But like I said, wait till the other team gets off the court. And that's something that a lot of people think it's not uh, a big issue or uh, it's not something that needs to be addressed right, right away. I can tell you that 11 conferences, the Atlantic 10, the Big East, the Big South, the Big 10, the Big 12, a couple other ones recently said that you know the, the the home school for a court storm could be the subject to a fine under certain situations and you know a fine is one thing but an injury is something else imagine if caitlin clark got hurt by you know someone storming the court and wanting to get next to her and congratulate her or whatever and when i say you, know, you just don't know anymore what's going on in this crazy world people storming the court what what they have you know what they have in their minds and, and what they want to do I mean you want to go up to a player I, I, you don't see it on other sports and I don't and I don't think that we should really have that right now in the um NCAA basketball talking about the NCAA basketball um, you know it's this time of year where you have the conference championships coming up uh, I want to say congratulations to USF they cracked the top 25 for the first time in their school's history and I think um, you talk about the AAC like that, um, that, that that's awesome because last year they were what 14 and 18 or something like that like that this year they're 21 and 5 overall um I think they've won 13 games in a row. They sit atop the AAC. I know their tournament starts here shortly. And, you know, because they're ranked 25th, because they don't play enough um, quad one schools, I'm saying it looks to me as though they actually have to win that conference championship to get to the uh, big dance. I don't think they can get an at-large bid. Um, I, I wish I was wrong about that. And, you know, who knows? Maybe uh, something else will happen. But I think that they really do need to win that conference, even though they're 25th in the country right now. Um you know, that they need to win. So I'd love to hear your comments on that as well. But coming into the the final week of regular season, I think they have Charlotte maybe uh, this coming week, and then they're done. They'll go to uh, Texas for the tournament. And when you look about um, the tournament, once the conference championships are done, then you'll have the selection committee getting ready for... Uh, that fun Sunday selection show where you see who's going to win uh, and who gets who gets in, who doesn't, you know, who's on the bubble, and all those things. And if you look at it right now, it's a tough year to be in the in the top twenty five because there's been so many changes throughout the year. Right now, Houston is the number one ranked team in the country. They got a twenty four and three record. Um, you know, they've been number one for a week. They surpassed. Um, um, Purdue. Purdue came down a spot. They're 25 and 3. UConn, after a loss, is a third in the AP top 25. Tennessee is fourth. Marquette is fifth. Arizona six. Kansas seven. Iowa State eight. North Carolina nine. And Duke is 10 to round out the top 10. And again, like I said, you have some teams towards the bottom 
of the top 25. South Florida is 25th. The Florida Gators are 24th. So uh, you're going to have a situation where I think it's more wide open this year than previous years in the tournament and it's one of the best times of the year and we'll be talking a lot more about the basketball in the upcoming weeks especially once the regular season ends which will be in a couple of days now talking about some baseball how about the race have you watched anything yet in the race preseason in the training camp in the um uh, in the baseball preseason down there at Charlotte. Uh, you know, you have some people saying Matsusui looked terrible. He's got a you know, 31 um, the ERA right now. It's one game, guys. So right now, all, all this does is allows the team to get to know some of the people that they invited to the training camp. It gets to be... Um, you know, one of those situations where you don't want to get anyone hurt in spring training. You want to bring them along slowly. Uh, some news for the Rays. We did sign Francisco Mejia to a minor league contract. Outfielder Josh Lowe is not expected to play in a game for the next 10 to 15 days as he deals with some hip inflammation. So, you know, again, you're inviting some guys to spring training. You're seeing what they're doing and, you know, take it from there. We want to make sure we talked about the pitching rotation last week we talked about the strength of the American League East and you know if you get a chance get out there and and catch a game go see the Yankees play Um, go see Detroit over in Lakeland if you're close by go down to Sarasota now the Bradenton has games it's just such a a fun time of the year and you know you down here in Florida take advantage of going Going out and seeing some of these games. So, as far as the Rays go right now, don't don't look too much into it. I think that if you um, you know wait a couple weeks, you'll be able to see more every complete picture of um, what's going on. I think that uh, the stadium issue taking up a lot of uh, uh, a lot of print, a lot of airtime on a lot of stations. What's going to happen, Stu Sternberg, with the um, stadium issue down there in St. Pete. And you know my thoughts on that. I really thought that it should be over here in uh, Hillsborough County. Yes, Hillsborough County has the funds, has the money to go out there and make it work for the raise organization, for Sternberg, for the county, for the fans, for everyone else. They're just not going to be taken advantage of the way that I I believe Sternberg is trying to take advantage of uh, St. Petersburg right now. They have some meetings coming up. There's financial statements that are yet to be uh, divulged. Um, I'm hearing upwards of two to three billion dollars for the cost of everything to be done. And that's a lot more than was originally planned. And I think there's going to be some issues when you look at the final um, picture. So, you know, that's yet to be seen, but we have to concentrate on the on-field stuff versus the business end of things because the business end of thing will just make you go crazy if you look at you know what you think should be done with the stadium issue. So we've had lots of feedback from fans and 
and uh, you know people that you meet talking about what do you think the race should do and and why should they do it and do you think a, a stadium here in in Tampa would, would be better and yes I, I definitely think it would be better you would get more people coming over from the I-4 uh, Orlando another uh, across the state coming over to the games build a smaller stadium so that it's packed every night downtown somewhere by Ybor somewhere by Channel Side I think that you'd get businesses to go in there and take advantage of it you could put luxury taxes on some of the amenities at the stadium get the luxury boxes full get the businesses involved so yes I think that it's really a um, it would be beneficial to everyone to the team to the fans to the community to the county but the way it looks right now it's going to be at the same failed site in St. Pete so we're going to see what happens with that of course we'll be talking more Bucks, Bolts, and Rays in the coming weeks, and the NCAA basketball. If you have a chance, I'm going to leave you with watch the Ohio State Iowa women's game tomorrow. You have Caitlin Clark about to break Pete Maravich's all time collegiate scoring record. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. I think that what she's doing for sports in general is amazing Uh, she's a a trailblazer she has some charities that she um, works with as well which is doing some very um, worthy things for the community that she's in out there in Iowa and just overall yes she uh, said she was going to enter the WNBA draft and she's she's more of a star she's more of a talking point now with what she's doing in college than she'll ever be in the WNBA in my opinion and I think that a lot of people don't watch the WNBA for a lot of reasons Uh, I can't tell you the last time that I watched the WNBA game but I do think that watching it tomorrow I saw that the least expensive ticket for the game tomorrow is $485 for a general admission ticket and um you know, when she beats Maravich's record, it's going to be a, um, a, a something great that you can say you were there. Or if you just watch it on TV, like most of us will, I think that's going to be something that you'll remember as well. So, guys, that's all the time we have. Great catching up with you on what's going on in the local sports market. Continue the emails. Continue growing the show for all of us. Appreciate the input. Uh, even if it's not something that I agree with, always appreciate the back and forth, the banter. Great seeing you guys in the community and look forward to keeping it going. Enjoy your weekend. As always, stay vigilant, stay safe, and above all, stay positive. We'll catch you next week in the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Have a great weekend, guys. Power 90.1.